reading from Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 and 37. Hallelujah. Praise. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise. It says, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. And press on. Victory. I want to take the passage that was read to you again, but this time I'm taking it from verse 35 to 38. The verse, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38. If you are there, I'm reading. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sicknesses. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Amen. Let's pray together. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is name is Jehovah. You are a mighty warrior. You are great in battle. This morning your children have gathered unto you. It's a Sunday morning. It's a Lord's day. And this gathering is unto you. Father, we came here to hear you. Therefore, Father, speak to us loud and clear. Bring your word, O God, and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Speak with clarity. Give us understanding. Grant us grace to abide by your word. 
and go out there and do your bidding. Father, put me aside and speak to your people. Speak to me, speak to all of us, Lord. Let your presence fill this place. Let us see your manifest presence here this morning. Cover us with your glory and power. And give us what it takes, O oh God, to honor you, to please you, to glorify you in our lifetime, to obey you, and to do your bidding. Let the grace of God come. Let the unction of God come. And help me, Lord, teach and preach this morning. We pray that your hand will rest upon us. Even in Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen. We're looking at the theme this morning. Pray for liberals into the mission fields. Pray for liberals into the mission field. Now the context of this passage is found in uh, verses 35 to 36 where Jesus was very disturbed because he sees multitude of people that need somebody to care and to show them the way to the true life. We live in this world and we go through motions, we go through systems, we go through schedules, we go, we go through plans. And I tell people that when you are born, when your parents give birth to you, they have a vision for your life. They want you to go to school. They want you to finish school, get certification. They want you to get a job. At the appropriate time, they want you to get married. And then they want you to establish your family. They want you to build your house and succeed in life. And actually get the latest car and do whatever that the world calls quote-unquote success. But true success in life is to know your maker, your creator, and serve him in your lifetime. You need all these things in this material world. But true success is that you who identify the shepherd of your soul and that you will be under the agenda, the master plan of God. When Jesus came to this world, he came with an agenda. The agenda is that human beings, the human race, we are perplexed. We are harassed. We don't know what we are doing. We have something we call the rat race. We are racing against each other for success. But through success, according to Jesus and the passage that we read this morning, is that human being without Christ is helpless, harassed, and without a shepherd. And therefore, Jesus himself, when he came on the face of the earth, the Bible says he went from village to village, from place to place. And what he did was he healed the sick, he cast out demons, and he taught with authority. He taught the word of God. He taught the people with authority. And therefore, at the point when he saw people coming to him, he immediately was moved into compassion. And he saw the people as helpless, harassed. Then he turned to the disciple. He said, the harvest is plenty. The harvest is ripe. The harvest 
is ready. But the workers are few. Those who want to do missionary work, those who want to go and win souls, they are very few. Those who want to go and provide pastoral care are very few. Those who want to go and make disciples are very few. Therefore, therefore, the English word therefore means something. For this reason, pray to the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest that he will send more workers, more laborers, more born slaves into the harvest field. We live in a broken world. We live in the world full of darkness. We live in the world full of satanic activity. We live in the world that they want to even rewrite scripture and change what God has put down. This is the time to rise up and pray for God to touch hearts, for God to change the course of our lives and move us into the kingdom work, into the harvest field where we win souls, nurture them, make them ready for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, they have no shepherd. In other words, they have nobody to care about them. Nobody to care for their soul. They were like dying, scattered sheep. Anybody without Christ. This is how scripture describes the person. And the Lord of the harvest, who is in charge of the souls, we are being called to pray to him. That is very ironical. Because he's in charge. He can move and get, let things happen automatically. But yet Jesus says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. It's like a farmer who has produced all the flock. And then he take a plate and go and queue in the line and say, give me a piece of my own harvest that I'll eat. But I'm going to explain why we have to pray to the Lord of the harvest. He is in charge of the harvest and yet we need to pray and move him into action. Jesus said in verse 37, the harvest is truly plenteous. Then he said, but laborers are few. This reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 13 to 14 that there are, there's a broad way, there's a narrow way and few find the narrow way. Few want anything to do with the Lord. But even fewer want to labor for him in his vineyards. There will be a special reward in heaven for those who labor to bring people to Christ while on earth. That is the reason why we are here. There was a fall. And as a result of the fall, we die spiritually and physically. And therefore, there's a redemption plan. It happened in the Garden of Aden when God made a pronouncement. The serpent will bite your heel and the child that the woman will deliver will trample upon the serpent. Redemption plan was revealed at the fall. And therefore at the appointed time, Jesus came on earth. And Jesus knew his mission. He knew why he came on earth. Therefore, while he was working on earth, 
He saw people who were harassed, perplexed, desperate. And he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. That he will send more laborers. He will call people into the ministry. The ministry of making disciples. The ministry of winning souls. The ministry of nurturing them. And making them ready for the kingdom. Nothing matters in this world. The next great agenda is that Jesus is coming. And he's coming to rapture people. And take people who have the mark of Christ upon their head. People who have washed their clothed in the blood of the lamb the blood was shed so that people will be saved then Jesus proceeded to give the disciples the key to finding liberals how do you find liberals Jesus said what is the first word that we read in verse 38 the first word that comes from verse 38 pray pray ye therefore the lord of the harvest the word pray means beg petition Make a request. Petition the throne of God. That churches need to be planted. Fills that the gospel has not been heard. So people should go and break new grounds and plant churches there. Among people's group, language groups. Every place, the marketplace, corporate buildings. There must be fellowship everywhere. Christ must take over the kingdom of this world. So say, pray, petition God, beg God, request, ask Him, Lord, raise soldiers, raise workers, raise slaves, born slaves who will go, who will say, I have no will of my own. I go where the Lord sends me. Pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send more laborers to the harvest field. The church has no business being here but to win souls, nurture them, and make them ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. We hardly talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. We hardly talk about hellfire. We hardly talk about heaven. But the next great thing that will happen on this earth is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is the church ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? As soldiers of, of Christ to make disciples and take care of the sheep that are perplexed, harassed. Jesus believed in prayer himself and believed that prayer is the ultimate solution to every problem on the face of the earth. Prayer. When you pray, things happen. When you commit things to prayer, God, you move God to action. Today, the church only pray for what they'll get from the Lord. Give me, give me, give me, give me. The Lord will give you if you seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. Jesus established the problem established the problem in verse 36 to 37. The problem is twofold. The first part is that there are multitudes of hurting people that have nobody to care for their souls. That is a problem. We need to identify the problem before we look for a solution. The world in which we live in 
is broken, is wicked, is depraved, is going down the drain. People want to change everything God. The Bible is being rewritten. Satan is gallivanting, raising people to stop and destroy everything God, everything about God. Persecution will come. The church needs to be vigilant. A militant church. A church that is moving on with prayer. Moving on and conquering territories for the kingdom of God. The first problem is that people are hurting. And when people are hurting, they go anywhere. They don't know Christ. They go anywhere to find solution. They go to prophets and teachers who don't have the spirit of Jesus and they are seeking for solution. Genuine churches should rise up and rescue those who are perishing. The second part of the problem is that people are not exactly lining up at the door to serve the Lord by caring for people and reaching out to them. The laborers are few. That is the second problem. People are harassed, perplexed, they are lost, they are unrich, they haven't heard the gospel. That is a problem. The second one is that we don't have people who are eagerly wanting to go into ministry, sharing their faith, making disciples, and raising an army for the Lord. The answer Jesus gave is this. Pray ye therefore. I like the word therefore. It is as if Jesus is saying, you have a problem. So it's obvious that you need, what you need to do is to pray. You have a problem. Obviously, what you need to do is to pray. Notice that Jesus did not give them tips on how to recruit workers or how to offer incentives to people if they, if they will labor. No tricks, no gimmicks. No course on how to win friends and influence people to do the work, to do ministry. He says, we have a serious problem and we have to pray. Hallelujah. No course on how to raise volunteers. That's not what Jesus told the disciples. No course on how to influence people and put them into missions. That's not what Jesus said. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. It is about him winning souls, raising disciples, making people ready for his kingdom. It's about God. And he has the answers. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Beg, petition his throne. Ask him. When the average Christian goes on his knees, he's praying about what he will get. Not about church, not about kingdom, not about missions, not about planting churches. We've lost it, church. We've lost it. If we seek his kingdom agenda, all the other things will automatically follow. We become like children who see Father Christmas. Anytime they see Father Christmas, they are looking at what Father Christmas is bringing. Anytime we go to God, we are looking at what God is going to bring to us for us to personally benefit in this material world, which we are going to live anyway. So they don't even look at the face of Father Christmas. 
They'll look at his hand. What do you have in your hands? What are you bringing to me? Jesus is seeking people who have a relationship with him. Who know his heartbeat. Who know what he wants done in this planet earth. And do his bidding. So Jesus said, when you think of Jesus with all of his mighty power to heal people, cast out demons, and even raise the dead, you might think with all that power, he didn't need to pray. But Jesus was very prayerful. Jesus, when he was on the face of earth, he prayed. He has a pattern. He will go at the, at the dawn. He will just go in a isolated place and pray to his heavenly father. So prayer is good. Jesus taught us how to pray. He healed the sick. He has power to cast out demons, but he was still prayerful. He saw the face of the heavenly father, said, Lord, I want to constantly be in your will. I want to do what you brought me here to do. I want to be in your agenda. I don't want to deviate. He saw the face of his heavenly father. You and I, if we are going to serve God, we must seek the face of our Heavenly Father. Because it's about Him. It's not about anybody. It's about Him. And what He wants done on the face of the earth. In other words, it is God's will that these hurting people be cared for. You know, we need to pray and God have a will that all the people who don't know Him should be cared for. He says, knew that the ultimate solution in dealing with every problem is prayer. Prayer must be in accordance with the Lord's will. Notice that Jesus called his father the Lord of the harvest. What is the will of God when souls are not saved? It is God's will that they be saved. So when you are praying for God to raise people who will do missionary work, who will win souls, who will plant churches, who will pastor churches, who will raise disciples, it is the will of God. That is his will. We go to him in prayer. It is God's will that the hurting people in this world be reached out to. It is his harvest. So when we pray for laborers, we can pray confidently, knowing that we are praying right in the center of God's will. God's will is revealing God's word. This is why the study of God's word is good for you and I. We should rightly divide the word of truth. It's so crucial. Read his word. When you read the word of God, you see the heartbeat of God. What he has said that needs to be done on the face of the earth. And to help you and I to pray with greater intelligence and understanding when we study scripture and we know the will, the plan, and the purpose of God for his church. Sometimes we pray for things that are in clear violation of God's will and we cannot expect those prayers to be answered. But when you are praying for souls, you are praying for God to raise an army, you are in the center of God's will. Prayer moves the Lord into action. Notice the correlation between our prayers and divine action. You pray and God sent forth laborers into the harvest field. The word sent forth literally means to eject. God will just forcibly eject people into the harvest field so that 
his work or the souls of men will be cared for. It is interesting that it is God's harvest and he is the one that needs laborers. Yet we are told to pray. This is to let you know how committed God is to working in response to the prayers of his people. When you and I gather and we pray, God is committed to move. Amen. When we pray, God will move to action. He will do nothing except in answer to prayer of his people. Why? Because he's God. He controls everything. He doesn't want us to become like robots where he will just hit a button and we'll all be like zombies and be doing things. We have our free will. Therefore, God wants us to go into our knees under his authority and power and seek his face and he will come through for us. He will manifest his power and presence when you and I pray. We should pray for the important things. We chase wind. Everything in this world. I'm not saying we shouldn't live our life. We should live our life. God bless us with material things. But at times we chase wind. That is going away. The essential things is the things that you do in the name of the Lord. The only thing that will follow you to eternity is the things that you do in the name of the Lord. To be written there and the books will be open. Angels are recording everything that we do on earth. And when the books are open, what will, it, what will be in that books for you? God's will is revealed in God's word. And therefore we need to study scripture and do what God wants us to do. That is why Jesus prayed as a man and why we must pray. Prayer is what gets God involved in a situation. We see this in the Bible from beginning to the end. Do you remember what God said to Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7, 12 to 15? The Lord says, Solomon, I've heard your prayer, but the day may come that I have to judge Israel by not sending rain and by devouring the land. But if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, hallelujah, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. God has said it. If you and I pray, He's committed to answer us. Let's return to the thought of our test. There is a harvest of hurting and lost people that need somebody to reach out to them. And Jesus said to pray. This is exactly what Paul taught us in 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. God will have all men to be saved. So you and I need to pray for God to send laborers to the harvest field. God will only send liberals, will only raise disciples, will only reign militant Christians when we pray. It's not about job. It's not about placement. It's about passion. And God is the one who can move people into passion for ministry. Move people into passion for, for, for mission work. Move people into passion for going to even dangerous places. At the peril of their lives, people who are committed, dedicated to the things of God, the kingdom of God, will go to the place where even they will perish. 
If I perish, I perish. I want to be where God wants me to be. When we seek the face of God, God will answer. If we believe that our prayers move the Lord to action, it should cause us to pray fervently, passionately, and specifically. Target, pray specifically. You can target a place, a person, a situation with prayer. And God will come through. Passionate prayer. Dedicated prayer. Specific prayer. Prayer seeking the face of God. That God, the church should wake up. And do the Lord's bidding. And clearly the Lord's bidding is that we should win souls for his kingdom. We should disciple people. That is a command. Go all over the world. Go to people's group nations. People's group languages. And make disciples. Baptize them. And constantly teach them all the things that I have taught you. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers. He will jet. He will catapult laborers into the harvest field. I want to see a day when we come to a midweek prayer meeting and it's about missions. We pray our heart out for missions. And the breakthroughs will follow when we do that. In conclusion, what is the key to getting additional laborers to serve in God's harvest field? The key answer is prayer. According to Jesus, if we we'll get people who go into mission, planting churches, come to ministry, pastor churches, care for souls, we need to pray. We don't recruit and give them office. We need to pray for God to give us genuine ones who are coming because they love the Lord. They are coming not for what they will get. They are coming because they are passionate about their Lord. Of course, it will be quite hypocritical to pray for additional laborers if you and me are not willing to serve the Lord ourselves. What are you going to do about God's kingdom? What's your role? What's your gift? What has God brought you here? Calvary Baptist Church. She has this big auditorium. When we sit, we don't even feel it. What has God brought you here to do? What has God brought me here to do? It's not about fashion. Coming to church is a habit. It's a good habit. But while you are here, Identify why God brought you here. And ask him for grace so that you will do his will and bidding. Will you labor for Jesus Christ? Will you pray for laborers? Souls are in need and souls are at stake. Satan wants to destroy the human race. Drugs, alcohol, prostitution, And all the evil that you can think of. The human race. Satan wants to destroy. The only people who can rescue those that Satan 
is aiming at, at destroying is the church, the body of Christ. We are here for a purpose, we are here for a reason, and that reason is to know the habit of Christ and be part of the kingdom agenda. Serve him wherever God has given you. Use it to serve the Lord. And it is going to be a blessing for you and I. May the Lord bless us. And bless the words of God in our hearts. In Jesus name. Amen. I want you to pray. When anytime I preach. I want you to pray. Before we do altar call. Whatever you have heard this morning. I want you to pray. Whatever the Holy Spirit has given to you this morning, I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray about it. As I leave for Adabraka, I want you to pray before the altar call.